You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, animal advocate, writer, and human companion to Max A. Pooch, canine crusader for animals and the environment. Max and I thank you for joining us, and we dedicate this episode as we dedicate every episode to those amazing people who work to save the lives and or improve conditions of companion, domestic, or wild animals. Our guests today are Bonnie Klafke, Director of Operations, and Melissa Sorkin, Director of Public Relations for Dogs on the Move. Dogs on the Move is a dog transporter. When we return from our break, we'll learn about Dogs on the Move and the vital role that organizations such as that play each year in saving the lives of thousands of unwanted dogs. But first, a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates and our guests today, Bonnie Plasky and Melissa Sorkin of Dogs on the Move. Welcome, ladies. Thank you very much, Keith. Thanks for having us on. Hi, great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us. Oh, you're welcome. I've wanted to have someone or an organization such as yours on because you play such a vital link in saving the lives of dogs. Can you tell us a bit about Dogs on the Move and when the organization was founded? Well, we started uh, back when I was the brand new volunteer coordinator at Miami-Dade Animal Services. I hooked up with Bonnie in the most wonderful of ways because we both had this idea simultaneously, which often happens with great ideas floating around in the universe. I had met on a little tour of shelters around the state of Florida. I met a shelter director who said to me, we want your dogs. And this was a no-kill shelter up in Titusville. And when she said that to me, you know, it was like, really? You want Miami-Dade Animal Services dogs? Because we were at that point euthanizing about 64% of the animals at the shelter. 64%? It was a a huge amount of dogs and cats that were being euthanized on a daily basis when I started working there. So this to me was like a whole light that flashed on. And I I went to the the brand new shelter director, Alex Munoz, and mentioned to him that I was interested to help with a project like that. 
when he met with Bonnie, and Bonnie, you can talk about this if you want, but Bonnie had already had experience fundraising and transporting dogs out of Florida doing her rescue work. When she met with the shelter director and she let him know that she was also interested in helping transport dogs and especially helping on the fundraising end, he said, bingo, let me get Melissa and Bonnie together. And this was two years ago. So when that happened, we sat down in, you know, in front of the shelter on a park bench and we just sat there and we hashed it out. We talked about everything that probably could and would go wrong. We talked about all the, you know, the good we could do with it. We talked about every sort of eventuality and possibility, and we decided that we wanted to go for it. And, you know, from that point, we basically created this innovative, cooperative, public-private transport program with the shelter, specifically with Miami-Dade Animal Services. We created it out of thin air and, you know, through a lot of trial and error and a lot of effort on a whole bunch of people's parts, we were able to create a really successful transport program, a premier transport program where, you know, there's really nobody else who does it exactly the way that we've created this thing. And we transport animals from Miami-Dade Animal Services up, you know, to Iowa, to the Midwest. We take them all the way up as far as New Hampshire. We have um, new partners coming on now quite regularly because of our success. And to date, we've moved out over 2,300, mainly dogs, but also some cats as well. 2,300. Um, That's an amazing number. Talking to animal advocates such as yourselves, it's amazing how many times I will hear similar stories about someone or some person's identifying a problem or learning of a problem and getting together and then finding a really a unique solution. And uh, it just shows that given a little innovative creativity that uh, a lot can be done. Now, you're still located in uh, the Miami area? Yes, South Florida. South Florida and Dade yeah. County. Now, is there an overabundance? I mean, is that like a, a really big area for unwanted dogs and cats? I absolutely, yes. The shelter is inundated daily with unwanted um, animals. They come in as strays and owner surrenders. And so basically, it is a community-wide problem. And the shelter has about, I'm not sure, Melissa worked at the shelter. I never worked there. But I believe they have about 260 cage space or stalls for the animals. And right now, I think there is about 400 animals, dogs mostly, in the shelter. So basically, what are they going to do with the animals? If people do not come in and rescue them or adopt them, they will be euthanized. So we really need to think of a way to move massive amounts of dogs and do it cost-effectively. And as Melissa was saying to you, when um, I had transported dogs out, and that day when we sat on the park bench, I had to think of a way to do it in a cost-effective manner because the three dogs that I transported out a few months before I met Melissa, it was so costly. It was about $325 per dog just to get a transport company to move them from Miami to um, the northeast of the United States. That was without health certificates or vetting. That was just for, for the transport service. So when we were sitting on the park bench, we were thinking, well, we have massive amounts of dogs coming into Miami-Dade. We need to move massive amounts out. And we hope that Miami would become no-kill. But until that day that no-kill happens, we felt that we had to help the animals in peril. That was you know, what we wanted to do. 
Speaking of no-kill, organizations such as Dogs on the Move really help the no-kill movement, don't they? I mean, because you're you're transporting unwanted animals to areas that have people who want to adopt them. Yeah. Actually, part of the no-kill movement, and there's so many things that are part of no-kill movement, a really good, viable community education program, a spay-neuter program, very important, a good foster network in each community to foster animals while they're awaiting um, adoption and so forth, placement, and of course, transport. So you can move dogs from areas that have many, many copious dogs to areas that need animals, that, that are, are short of certain animals, certain breeds, certain types of animals. So transport comes into play in the no-kill equation as well. Maybe you can take us through, uh, say you have a truckload of dogs or a van load of dogs. Take us through by the steps of what happens. You go to the shelter and you pick up the dogs or do you select them or what? You know, I'll, Bonnie, if it's okay, I'll answer this one. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because the actual layers involved in getting just like, if, even if you just followed one dog from the moment it was identified as a possible transport candidate all the way to where it arrives in Massachusetts or Iowa or wherever that dog is going and then moves on, of course, to its adoptive home. It's just mind boggling. And I'm glad you asked, Keith, because most people have no idea. They often say to us, why don't you just throw that dog on the van? Okay. (laughs) And, you know, it's so incredibly complicated and there's so many people involved in getting that one dog, only one dog on the van. You know, it's, it's incredible. So basically we know our partners, we know the types of dogs that they can generally take. So we keep our eye out. We also keep our eye on the euthanasia list and we see who has been there too long, who is not getting adopted, who is at risk, who has upper respiratory infection, which also makes them more at risk to be euthanized, you know, that type of thing. So we'll be looking at all the different types of dogs in the shelter, but we try to focus on the ones who are maybe big, black, brindle, mixes, big puppies, you know, types that have maybe some minor medical issues, things like that, that are that we know that our partners will take. So we have this dance with the partners, a relationship with them. And then we offer them those dogs, but we first have to meet them, temperament test them, take a look at their medical Any kind of questions that might be there, we need to get those questions answered about those dogs. And then we try and give the most transparent look at the dog to our partners so that they can make an informed decision whether they think that they're going to be able to place and find homes for those dogs. Be clear for our audience, your partners are dog rescue organizations up in, say, Massachusetts or in Iowa or places like that? Yeah, we work with 501c3 rescues that we have checked out through our shelter. So we have them, we kind of do a background check on each of the prospective partners that apply with our program. And then we also send them to no-kill shelters that have, you know, a very strong no-kill policy, blah, blah, blah. We check them out as well. Let me just um, interrupt right here. Keith, how they're checked out. This is a cooperative program, one of the first of its kind with Miami-Dade Animal Services, which is county. And they have an enforcement division within their shelter. Their enforcement division, when we offer them a potential partner, their enforcement division actually checks out the partners for us. So documents are submitted 
an application is submitted. It can take up to, you know, a couple of days, up to a few weeks for a potential partner to be approved. And like Melissa said, there are only 501c3s or no-kill shelters. But they are checked through MDAS and the enforcement team inside, which is great for us. And it eliminates a lot of questions. And um, and we usually go with what um, enforcement tells us. You know, it is an extensive background check. Well, that's great. Hey, we need to take a break right now so we can hear from our sponsors. But uh, when we return, uh, I want to ask Bonnie and Melissa about an incident that stands out in their minds in, the, in transporting dogs. Okay, we'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful, bagless, upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radial root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. You can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. Our guests are two of Max A. Pooch's favorite advocates, Bonnie Klafke, Director of Operations, and Melissa Sorkin, Director of PR for Dogs on the Move. Melissa and Bonnie, can you share an occurrence that stands out in your mind about what you're doing as far as transporting dogs is concerned? There are just so many incredible stories of dogs. I mean, Melissa, we could tell a little bit about Tita. Tita is the most amazing story that we've had. And there was a dog, Keith, that we pulled from Miami. Dade. We identified this dog for transport. The dog was going to be euthanized. A plain black dog, which, by the way, black dogs are euthanized um, in this country, as far as color goes, more than any other dog color-wise in the country, followed by brindle color dogs. So we identified this dog for transport. 
And when they went to spay her, they found that she had this gigantic gaping hole in her in the upper palate of her mouth. We transport dogs. We normally don't get into major vetting, but we will vet dogs when needed. So um, we all fell in love with this dog, Teeter, and we decided that we were going to take her to many vets and get some estimates and find out where this trauma happened, what happened to her exactly. It turned out that it was trauma-induced. She was not born like this, and for eight or nine months, this young dog was astray on the streets of Miami, living with this huge gaping hole in the roof of her mouth. We decided to save her and put her through surgery. And Melissa, you should take it from here since you fostered her and went through all the surgery with her and what has transpired with her since. Well, it just makes me want to cry. But for now, it's crying out of happiness because it's a good, it's a good happy ending. But um, she had to go through extensive surgery. It wasn't easy for her. It was also very expensive. So Bonnie did incredible fundraising for that. We had hundreds of supporters for Tita. So again, very unusual. We don't normally go to these types of lengths. But once you have your fingers on a dog, once you care about a dog or a pet, you know, you basically do what you need to do if it's possible. So we weren't sure if Tita was even going to make it, but we had a very good surgeon come on board with us. They did an amazing job with her and she got the repair surgery that she needed. Then she's been in foster. She was with another foster and then with me at my house since that time. And, you know, she's just a joy. I mean, she's just an absolute absolutely incredible dog. And now that everything's okay with her, she had one other slight surgery with entropy and eye. So we had that taken care of as well. So now we we went through the process of we don't normally screen adopters ourselves. We leave that up to our partners. With Tita, we've screened adopters and specifically tried to find adopters for her in the in the Midwest through one of our partners there in Iowa. And, um, and now she's going to be leaving this Saturday to go on her big road trip for her new life in Iowa with the family there. So we're extremely happy for her. And that's just one of, you know, 22, 2300 stories. That's a great story. I mean, I'm sure that every day you get a sense of satisfaction. And when you think about the happy endings that occur because of what you're doing, are you actively looking for additional partners or sources for dogs from shelters or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my departments that I take care of. I work with new partners. I solicit them. I even ask, you know, sometimes some of our fans and followers or volunteers that help us can identify reputable rescues and the same thing with the no-kill shelters in different areas of the country. And if we can add, you know, if we can approach them and add them as new partners, we're very, very happy to do so, particularly if they take the highly at-risk dogs and cats. You know, obviously, we would love to have partners who can take cats as well. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cats is a tough one. I know the uh, shelter uh, Max A. Pooch came from when kitten season hits in the summer up here, and I'm sure kitten season is a lot lot longer in Florida. But yeah, year round. Yeah, yeah, they're just overwhelmed with litters of tiny little cute kittens that are brought in that uh, people either find or uh, you know they're feral or, and they find the litters, and it's really really tough. You're looking for partners, and well, that's great. Now, is that what you're doing in uh, Massachusetts, Melissa? Are you working with a partner up there, or have you just brought some dogs up there, or what? 
Yeah, we just brought a transport up to a brand new partner of our, ours, Northeast Animal Shelter in Salem, Massachusetts. And we also brought some dogs to a partner of ours who takes bully breeds called Angel Capone Rescue and another one in Salem, New Hampshire called Salem Animal Rescue League. So that was the trip that we just finished up. And the other driver and I are in a hotel room right now in New Jersey. Wow. Who would ever think? So you're transporting dogs, not hundreds of miles, but literally over a thousand miles in this case. Is that right? Correct. We always figure that one day being semi-uncomfortable on the van for the dogs is worth a lifetime of happiness afterwards. That's amazing. Now, do you have to get certificates to health certificates on the dogs to get them through different states or do you run into a lot of bureaucratic red tape? Well, we absolutely, we need to get, when the dogs leave Miami, they all leave with vet checks and health certificates. And that was what I was saying before, when I was transporting dogs before, all this is very costly. And, but, but because we're a cooperative with Miami Dead Animal Services, before each dog leaves the shelter, they are vet checked by a shelter veterinarian and the vet certificate for each dog is issued to um, us through the vet from Miami Dade Animal Services. And yes, in answer to your question, each state has different rules and regulations about how a dog can enter their state. And I'll give you a good example. Many dogs come out of South Florida heartworm positive because there's so many mosquitoes down here. And so our program has been one of the first of its kind to offer to treat all dogs that are heartworm heartworm positive at no cost to our partners. So what we do is we'll treat the dogs that are heartworm positive, which is, as you know, having heartworm disease is often deadly, most of the times deadly to um, the particular dog. So we'll treat the dog down here. Many times after treatment in certain states, you can still take that dog after they've been treated and move that dog immediately as long as the dog feels well to that particular state. But in a state like Massachusetts or New Hampshire, you cannot move that dog right away. So what we'll do is we'll off tell the partner, yes, this dog that we pulled for you is heartworm positive. We are going to treat that dog down here at no cost to you, but we're going to put that dog in foster care. We have a foster network down here through the transport program, and then we'll move the dog to you at a later date. So later on, the dog will come back to Miami-Dade Animal Services maybe every couple of weeks, and we'll retest their blood to see if they're now heartworm negative. Once they're heartworm negative, the vet at Miami-Dade will re-examine, will do a new vet certificate, and give the clearance to move on to that state, such as Massachusetts or New Hampshire, who now will allow the dog to go into their borders and the dog will then go into that state and be rehomed. We've had amazing success with this, and all the dogs we have treated for heartworm disease, I think we have a, a Melissa can verify, 100% success rate. They've all come through heartworm negative. We are so proud of that because previously in Florida, if dogs were not treated for heartworm disease, they died. I mean, there's just so many mosquitoes here and we just had to come up with a way to treat them. And we cannot thank Miami-Dade Animal Services enough for providing the treatment and also a partner of ours previous to Miami-Dade called Animal Aid down here in Broward County was instrumental in getting this heartworm treatment on the move, so to speak, with us. Tamara Gibson runs that 501c3, and she and I came up with a plan to really treat heartworm-positive dogs, and we have to thank her for doing that. She's just amazing, um, and what she did for the Miami uh, dogs. 
That's really great. Now, do you have any current or upcoming projects that are a little bit different or going to uh, challenge you in ways that uh, you haven't been challenged before? Well, yeah, only only because Bonnie is trying to challenge us further. Bonnie came up with a great idea. Bonnie, would you like to share it? Yeah. Are you going to tell Keith what you said when I came up with the idea? She asked me about this idea, and my exact response was, are you whack? <laughs> this is true. Okay, here's my idea. We are right now, we're, I'm fundraising right now for Transport 94. In November, it'll be our two-year anniversary um, that we started this project, Dogs on the Move. So we're on Transport 94, and I thought, I said, you know, I really want to do something great for the 100th Transport, but something very different and very big. So I called Melissa, and I go, I have this great idea. What if we get out, and you're going to be the first to, we've been putting out teasers about this, but you're the first to hear about it. What if we get out 100 dogs in one day? And how about an extra dog, like a candle on a cake, 101? It's never been done before. And we usually take out 30 dogs on a transport, 20 dogs on a transport. And it's so involved to get out even one dog in one day, you know, to rescue a dog or two dogs. So now I bring this to Melissa's attention. Let's get out 100 dogs on November 13th. And our anniversary date is November 14th to arrive all over the country in many different areas on November 14th in celebration of our 100th transport. So that is the big project we have going. We presented it to Alex Munoz, um, who's been behind this project right from the beginning. And he is all for it. There is staff now in place to get this the 100 dogs out on November 13th, again, to arrive uh, in different parts of the country on November 14th. But again, it's 101 right now because we want that one for the candle on the cake for good luck. Instead of 101 Dalmatians, it's 101 yep. dogs in motion, huh? Yeah, yeah, 101 dogs in motion. We're That's very great. excited about it. Hey, now, if I wanted to become involved in this uh, project or with you guys, what would I do? Uh, how can I get in contact or find more information? Well, we have a couple of ways. The first way is to go to our Facebook page, and the Facebook page is called Dogs on the Move by Positive for Life. Positive like a dog's paw. Dogs on the Move by Positive for Life. We also just launched Twitter. We just launched it two days ago, which is just Dogs on the Move. You could follow us on Twitter at Dogs on the Move. We do all of our fundraising on social media right now, but we are a 501c3, so all donations are tax deductible, and that's really my realm. I do all the fundraising, so we welcome people who have experience in other ways to fundraise. You know, we are going to do some other types of fundraising for the big 100th project coming up on November 13th, um, maybe doing some um, raffle type of things or, you know, just other types of fundraising. But all of this can be done through um, the Dogs on the Move Facebook page. They can contact us through there. That's the easiest way to get us. If I'm a potential partner, would I also go to your Facebook page if I wanted to make contact with you? Yeah, because right now our website, it's supposed to go live next week. We do have a website that is almost complete. There's just a few changes that are being made to it right now. So the, the people that are working on the website guaranteed that it would go live next week. So we do have a website. If people want to look for us next week on the web, they can find us at www.dogsonthemove.org 
or www.positiveforlife.org. Both of those pages will take them to the same website. But right now, the Facebook page is the easiest way to get us because the website is not live as of yet. Okay, that's great. So two choices, either uh, go to Facebook or uh, next week, uh, you'll be able to find you on, can you say that website one more time? Yeah, it's www.dogsonthemove.com. Dot org or www.positive, P-A-W-S-I-T-I-V-E, the number four, life.org. Okay, that's great. Hey, uh, Bonnie and Melissa, I ask all my guests this question, and that is, with all the human misery and suffering in the world, how can you justify spending time and money and resources advocating for dogs? People have asked me this because I've been a fundraiser um, and I've been in corporate America for most of my life. And honestly, that question, I have been asked that question. I've also lost my brother to diabetes and my sister to heart disease. And so, yeah, that question is is very, very um, important to answer. And this is how I've answered it my whole, for many years. I've always felt in being in corporate America, especially that People had many, many strong advocates, people that had heart disease and diabetes, children that needed help, the elderly with Alzheimer's disease and many other ailments. But I always felt that animals were lacking a voice. They actually do lack a voice and they did not have enough people standing up for them that could make a difference. I felt that we domesticated these animals. We brought them in from the wild. We were responsible for, for taking animals out of their natural environment and bringing them in. And therefore, we are responsible for their well-being and their outcome. And so that's why I decided to move into this area. And plus, I've had animals my whole life. My dog, my beloved dog, lived until she was almost 19 years old. And as she was dying and getting the best care that you can imagine, we did not leave her alone ever for the last few years of her life, we actually did eight-hour shifts in my family, my son, my husband, myself. I just felt that every animal should have that in their lives. And it just made me more resolute and stronger in my voice to be the voice for animals. Well, that's a great answer. That really is. And uh, and I do ask all my guests that question. I, I just find it so heartwarming, the humanity that uh, uh, that's in the, in the responses, such as the ones you've given. Now, is there anything else you guys want to share with our guests before we, we're almost out of time? Melissa? Uh, well, the only thing that, that popped into my head, it goes back to things that people can contribute. Now, we are always looking for volunteers to help us. We're always looking for followers to like what we do and share and so on like that and support the vans as they're leaving. Um, that's wonderful. And we also, you know, we would be looking for corporate sponsorship as well. And it would be lovely to have somebody work with us in order for us to get a new van. So I just want to put that out to the universe because we would love to have a van that's more custom built for us. Maybe we can, you know, do it the way that makes it more comfortable for the dogs to be on the road for as long as they need to to get to their destinations. And, you know, sometimes companies are more than happy to donate a van or to help us outfit a van. And I wanted to just lay that out there and put it out to the universe. 
Well, I, let's hope the universe hears it. Maybe even a local dealer in uh, Dade County might say, hmm, I love animals and there's a great organization to help. And uh, I want to thank you. We're out of time, Bonnie and Melissa, for being with us today and sharing with us the work you're doing because I know a lot of people aren't even begin to become aware of the um, animal transporters, the organizations such as uh, Dogs on the Move. And it's you guys that save thousands of dogs' lives each year. Thank you again. Thank you so much. A pleasure being with you. We want to thank you, our listeners, for spending your valuable time with us. You're all fantastic, and we hope you tell your friends about Awesome Animal Advocates. And a special thanks to Mark Winter, co-founder and executive producer of Pet Life Radio, and our sponsors for making this episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates possible. I'm Keith Sanderson, host and creator of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, saying thank you to all those animal advocates who work so hard on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves. Max A. Pooch gives them five big tail-wagging woofs. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.